0: Well, welcome to our Next Steps podcast where we take a look at what we talked about on Sunday and see how it works in the cold, hard light of day of Monday and uh, how it actually works. Before we go anywhere, we want to acknowledge that white fellows weren't the first ones here, that uh, Tasmania's First Nations have been faithful custodians of this place for thousands of years and uh, we want to pay our respects uh, to elders past, present and emerging And just be grateful for the way they've looked after the land in ways that we're still in the process of learning how to. And uh, with me, we've got uh, Anne, who's a bit of a regular, and (laughs) Nick, who's a (laughs) semi-regular. Fortunately, Nick was in the office today uh, and able to join us. Otherwise, it would have just been Anne and I. Uh, (laughs) Dan is halfway between here and Victoria. I guess he'll be back next week. and we've had uh, an unusual service. And what's nice is, and you were at Lena Valley. Nick, you are here with us at, at Mornington. So uh, at, both, at both sites, um, we uh, took 20 minutes out of the service to put some shoeboxes together. Do you, do you guys mind talking about what the experience was like at the different sites? And, and, and kind of let's talk a bit about why we would do that sort of thing.
1: Well, I've I've loved what Samaritan's First has been doing for years. When I was in high school, we used to run fundraisers like free dress days where you could come out of uniform and everyone would bring something to put in a shoebox and we'd pack shoeboxes. So it's near and dear to my heart. And I love that our church stops and does it. And I know that there are other churches around Hobart who've done the same thing over the past couple of weeks. Um, I love the way it includes our kids and our kids mm. can get involved and we can explain to them that. Um, They have privileges that other kids in other countries don't have, and it helps them to engage with the fact that they can share things that are relevant to them with other kids, things like hairbrushes and toothbrushes and teddies and and clothing and pencils and things to draw on. All of our kids have that in their homes here, and uh, I think it's really special that they can engage with the fact that someone doesn't have that and they're able to give that to them. Um, So it was pretty precious to be able to help the kids pack boxes alongside some of the older members of our congregation too.
2: And when um, we were packing the boxes yesterday, one of the other ladies who was packing next to me, she said, oh, she said when I... Because we saw the videos of some of these kiddies getting their boxes and opening and seeing what they had and getting so excited. She said, oh, she said, when I saw their faces and saw the excitement it it brought tears she said i actually started to cry because um yeah they they were so um it was so special for them it really meant such these simple um these simple things in the gift and um and the other thing that i noticed um in the videos um is that this while it's about the children, it's about the community. This is a community event. They all gather together and there is such excitement that not to, it's it's yes, it's about the children and there's there's great joy in seeing the children happy and joyful and receiving, but it's a the whole community gets involved. They all participate and all get blessed and benefit um from from this and i loved the bit of the video where it took where it showed one of the little girls and they had her talking about sharing um the little book that they walked that they went through after getting their presents, and sharing it with her her, her grandma and mm-hmm. her grandma sitting there beside her and helping her to read it and i just loved that so yeah Very much
0: community family thing. I think, Nick, for me, one of my highlights was when you prayed and we had all our little kids laying hands on the boxes to go into these little kids we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think there's something about uh, our community coming together. I, I love the fact that... I think there are people both at Lena Valley and here at Mornington turning up to church for the first time and thinking, what, what is going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is a, you, you're doing what? Uh, but they, everybody got involved in putting yeah. these shoeboxes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think we want to recognise Anne Harrison and our little team <laughs> who work all year yeah. so that, to, that uh, shoebox Sunday could happen. Yeah. And... uh and also, I'm so grateful for our church family. i I said a few times, uh, the last week, you know, our church family has been really at its best. It's been incredible. Um, and uh, our church family gave more than enough so that all the Operation Christmas Child boxes could go to where mm-hmm. they need to get to. And they're, they're going to Fiji and Samoa, I think, from the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we said that yesterday, so... So, yeah, uh, well done, everybody. And uh, if you'd like more information about Operation Christmas Child, you can just Google Samaritan's Purse. My guess is if you type in Christmas shoebox, you'll end up at the right place. It'll be, you know, it, it really is a, a, an annual highlight. And and we were reflecting, actually, this time last year, I was I was stuck in Victoria uh, <laughs> watching it on the screen. And uh, this time this year, Dan Evenhouse was stuck.
2: Victoria. <laughs> oh, there's one other thing about it too, um, and I, I love by the way it happens in the service because there's that verse. I think it's in James that you know, faith without works is nothing. Yeah. And I guess what we were doing as a community of God's people was um, expressing and worshiping through action.
0: Yeah, it
2: was, um, and it, I think that's it's really important.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, we'll be doing it again next year. So if you'd like to contribute, let us know. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's it really is. It's a highlight each year. Mm-hmm. So after that, we sang a couple of songs and got into our message uh, for the day, which was uh, based on Psalm 33, but also I, I had to put in the writer that I didn't actually get to talk about half the stuff I was going to talk about. It just... <laughs> seemed as though with everything else going on there's some other things we needed to talk about up front mm-hmm. um but nick i, I wonder if, i'll get you to read psalm 33 because that's where we want to start before with the psalms we want to let them speak to us before we start speaking back to them so for those listening or watching uh we'll get nick to read it to you and I encourage you to be listening and seeing if god may even be wanting to say something to you through just hearing these words so over sure. to you, nick
1: so this is Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10 string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. The word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. And the earth is Of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars, he puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the people. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From the heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and that that was the theme, uh, where the theme is God being our hope. Uh, and before we get into what we're talking about, I'll just chuck up for those who are watching, a little less helpful for those who are listening, but uh, for those who are watching, you'll see this is the responses of our people in terms of what were the words and, and phrases that stood out to them. I don't know, Nick and, and Anne, as you, you see this word cloud of <clears throat> um, people people's responses? Uh, I don't know if anything stands out to you guys in terms of what... What sort of got to people's hearts from the psalm?
2: Well, I think the first one that really jumps out, probably because it's in biggest letters, which means that most people, there were more people who put that down than any other word, is unfailing love. Yeah. And um, we've talked about that before and uh, and uh, how foundational that is. But around that, as a result of that, you know, there's a that faithfulness, which is a reflection of His love, there's justice, um, there's uh, and then there's our response to Him, which is about being joyful and, and with our whole bodies, if you like, it's like mm. a shouting for joy. How can you be joyful without kind of letting it loose out from from your whole body, being joyful and um, having hope waiting in hope. Those were, those are probably the key things I see. Um, I, I might you know revering him. Oh, and the other thing of course is he watches over. I love mm. that. Um, mm. Yeah. It's again it's part of the, the love. Mm.
1: Yeah there's a lot there about singing to him and his faithfulness and I love how many of them talk about how he sees us in different mm. ways. People have drawn out different parts of the psalm where God God sees, his eyes are on us, he's watching us, he's he's seeing us. Um and that's that's pretty precious really.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I I, I love that. You know, there's just a bit of mean, almost a, a joy in the words as they, as you see them. Mm. Uh you know, so it's it's um they're beautiful. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and actually when I look at there's a few in little there's a few little ones, but if you were to look at them, sing to him a new song, new song, sing a new song. They're actually all about the same thing. Mm. Um it's about a newness, a new song, it's about renewal, it's about um yeah, you it's not staying stuck, if you like. It's about moving forward in um in new ways, in in you
0: know, rejuvenated ways. Which, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I did say as we as I launched into the sermon, I, I, well, maybe halfway through or something, that I didn't get to speak about what I was planning to speak about, uh, because a, as I got up, I think it had just been it'd been a huge week for mm-hmm. our church family, and and I think I was I was feeling a bit raw, but mm-hmm. also. I, I was really conscious that there's a, a young girl who we're quite worried about, uh, who is in a dangerous situation right now as part of our church family. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a little baby boy born uh, through emergency Caesar, uh, whose family is very excited, to welcoming, but it's you know going through all the things of an a, a Caesar, uh, unexpected Caesar. Uh, we had Dan and Danny stuck over in in Victoria. And, and our whole, and at the same time, you know, on, on the Saturday we had a bunch of people walk up Mount Wellington or Paul Paul reminded me, we've got to keep remembering, it's actually called Kunyani from, um, from our original perspective and it's on the, the land of the M- M- marina. I can't say that properly. <laughs> I'm still learning all that stuff. Um, but also we had the Froctober thing happen here and, and. Mm-hmm. and, and and that was great, wasn't it? Like, Nick, you were here for that. Were you here for that, Anne? Did you get to no. see? No. I mean, I only got in here for five minutes, so I had to go back up the mountain to rescue the people that walked up the mountain. But the whole auditorium was transformed into pink. It was yeah, beautiful.
1: I think it's it's wonderful the way our church gets behind fundraisers like that. And um, this one was for ovarian cancer uh, specifically. And I think they raised over $1,000. So we had. Just a big afternoon tea there, and we had some of the girls model some dresses. Um, we set up a runway, and there was lights, and it was all very fancy and glamorous. And then, yeah, it was just a bit like an op shop event, really. Um, and people could could bid on the dresses that had been modelled, and there are a few others there too. And lots of people were just generous and gave donations um, to raise money for ovarian cancer research. So, yeah, it was a great little event. So Laura did a great job heading that one up with a a team of people from the church who just got in and helped her.
0: I think it was a bit symbolic, all that stuff together. I mean, the fact that it was Laura, uh, you know, supported by Barbie and Dan. Yeah. Managing that in the week that they've said goodbye to Pete and we've Mm -hmm. all said goodbye to Pete. Uh, It's all, I I didn't have a way to say it, but as I got up to speak, I I felt like it was right to communicate something about what it means to be a church family. And I couldn't exactly see even how that fitted with what I was meant to be saying. Um, But it it felt like there's something about it all. Like it's not... I I, I have in my head that often, uh, like in good church growth strategy, they say what you do is have very neat and tidy programs and you only advertise one thing on a Sunday morning and you move people from one program to another, to another, to another. That's not our church. <laughs> like that, 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 we, like, and, and you did the family matters. We we had way more to talk about than we had space to talk about. It. No, we <laughs> did, uh, and, and and there's really real, raw, complicated things for us all to be processing and managing. I mm-hmm. I don't know how you both. I, I don't, I'm not even sure how successful I was in communicating what was on my heart to communicate at the start of the message, but I don't know how how you heard what I was trying to say and, and, and how you made sense of what I was trying to say even before we got to the detail of the psalms.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, like you made the comment that it, you got up and you started speaking about stuff that wasn't related to the psalm. Um, it was about our church family and the way our church family was looking after one another and also um, you know there was some pretty st- tough stuff going on mm. and you know you mentioned how special it was for this little one this little baby to arrive um, mm. and how you know there were some difficult circumstances around that and and yet here we are we can sing this new song about this mm. little boy who has come into the world and um, and we've got some as you say some painful situations but the thing is life I think the thing that struck me, and I think one of the lovely things about this psalm is, it is so positive. It's not in denial because we mm-hmm. have had plenty of other psalms, it, and it actually, in many ways, it's it's recognizing that um, life is hard at times, mm. and it's this mix of sadness and anguish and heartache and. Um, and then these beautiful things happen, and it all mixes up together. But um, when our focus is God, we we know that we're being held. Mm. We're being held in all circumstances, and God is faithful, mm. and he his love is there. He holds us. He watches over us. Not in a way that is, you know, it's not a looking, I mean, talking looking down on us, but it's not a looking down and saying, oh, you know, those terrible people. You know? mm. It's more of a watching over, a little bit like what we were talking about last week. He's got mm. his eye on us. He's he's um, keeping track of us in, in a loving kind of way because he mm. really cares. And, and so, because of that, there's this real strength that emerges from the psalm. In the psalm, um, a heart to it, mm. and it's that that heart and that strength. I think that is what you were referring to, um, Matt, about mm. this, pre- this last week. It's 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 mm. our strength and our hope in the Lord
0: mm. that
2: gave us the strength and the heart and. The capacity to care for one another and hold one another as mm. we're being held. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't
0: know, Nick. Do you, do you have any reflections of that at first just, with the message?
1: Yeah. yeah, I've just I've got the psalm up in front of me right now, so that I can sort of glance over the words, and I sort of I see it. It sort of comes up and it gets to this peak, and then it just dives back down again, and it's like the center section there just makes me feel so small (laughs) the first part is like it's so easy to engage with it's like sing joyfully play play music and Mm -hmm. sing and shout and um be joyful with god but then it just it brings you back to reality and makes you realize just how big and how powerful god is Mm
0: -hmm. compared
1: to us (laughs) and i think so often um We personalize God so much that we forget just how big and how much majesty and how awesome He is. Mm. And this Psalm for me just sort of it it puts me back in my place a little bit. (laughs) Um, Makes me see just how much bigger everything is than just the things that I've got going on and the things that I'm focused on. Like He's, you know, He puts the deep into storehouses. Uh, He the heavens were made, and the starry hosts just by him speaking or breathing out and that's that's something so far beyond our comprehension, um, but then at the end, it brings it back and personalizes it again, you know it talks about how, as we put our hope in God, he's right there with us and for us, and um he's looking after us and protecting us and I just I love the way that it builds, and then it sort of goes, yep. <laughs> but he's still right there. And it's such a personal psalm. I really, it really resonated with me.
0: I, I, I love it. And, I, and the other thing that was in the back of my head as I was getting up to speak was there's been a whole lot of controversy in Australia. For, I know there's a few people listening and watching this who aren't in Australia, but uh, over the last couple of weeks, because the, uh, there was a, a Christian guy appointed to be the CEO of the Essendon Football Club. Uh, and he was also the chairman of uh, a church, an Anglican church mm-hmm. uh, that had traditional Christian values in terms of uh, its approach to um, uh, abortion. And uh, there's one other issue. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I, I know, uh, and, and there's a whole lot of discussion about religious freedom, um, so I had that in the back of my head I didn't get into detail with it as we came to this psalm um and I think that one of the dangers for Christians is often we can get stuck in the culture wars and trying to fight the culture wars but I I do one of the things that comes out in this psalm and it's where I sort of jumped sort of jumped to uh the uh psalm 33:16 sort of that's kind of where I ended up starting rather than um the start of the psalm and and, and I, I think that because i i i kind of implicitly like you're saying me sort of picked that up and i think that that, that personal uh relationship to god and, and getting out um getting our bearings from that but then there's this thing about the you know no king being saved by the size of his army there's this this sense in which uh Christ, we have to face the fact that look and I actually said this on Sunday I think look some, sometimes Christians get persecuted because we're idiots and 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 that's a bit it's probably a bit harsh and I know sometimes when i say that you know I, I get some pushback on that but uh but i i do think sometimes we are insensitive and we say we we use religious language in an unhelpful way and we point fingers and all that sort of stuff. And some, so sometimes when we get marginalised, it's because, in my view, we've been idiots. But there is something that is deeply offensive uh, to the modern sensibility that is captured in this psalm. Mm. And, and it, like the modern sensibility says the most important thing is to be true to yourself. Uh, you've got to be... And, and the biggest sin you can commit is that you are not true to your innermost true self. Uh, and what I tried to, as we started to lead into this place, I started to talk about, well, that, that, that's a lie and we all know it's a lie because all of our true selves are messy. Uh, the Bible talks about having the flesh and the spirit. And I think it's a better description of my lived experience than the idea that there is some true self that I just got to find, like a a, a, a magic pill or whatever, like it, because um, all of us, there is a beautiful part in all of us, created in the image of God, that that's just beautiful. And if that was all we're talking about, then no worries. But all of us, the Bible says, have a, a sinful part, a broken part, a dark part, a part that wants to minimize pain and maximize pleasure. Uh, and i and and i I think what the what this psalm indicates is that like is, is it i think it must be verse eleven that says uh or, or verse ten the the Lord foils the plans of the nations he thwarts the purposes of the people, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever i I started by kind of riffing off that and th- that that Jesus comes and says, "Well, I am the way, the truth, and the life." Uh, that that you, I'm sorry if you if 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 you're not comfortable with it or you don't feel like it, but the reality is, I I am the reality, uh, and your your internal experience isn't the best guide to truth, justice, and the American way. Like it's it's not it's not the best it. it your internal lived experience uh, is influenced by all kinds of things uh, and that 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 Jesus comes as like an external point of reference and says this is the path to life and you actually have to 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 die to your plans to your purposes to to your inner sense of what 's right and wrong because sometimes you 're wrong about stuff and and sometimes you don 't know the difference and this is the this is the uh, confronting thing at the heart of our faith. That it, that being true to who we are means being willing to die to who we are. And again, I don't think I don't know how clearly I've managed to communicate all that. But but before we even got to too much of the psalm, I, I was trying to lay the groundwork with that kind of conversation about what does it mean to engage in a public square where where this side of Christianity is actually uh, would be seen as heretical by people outside the church, where, where there, is a, there is a people outside the church will say, you've got to be true to yourself, and our faith would say, well, depends which self you're talking about, and uh, part of you will actually lead you into trouble and lead you away from life and health, and, and, if, and, and that is genuinely part of who you are. I don't know if you, if you recall, because none of that was in the notes and I was, I was talking about that
2: as you were talking, Matt. Um, I've, so I've mentioned this one before. I think it's a really good picture. I think it's from a, some Indian proverb or story where you've got three blind men and they're all touching different parts of the elephant and based on that, they say, no, this is the reality. Um, no, this is what's true, this is what's real, and somebody else, you know, maybe somebody's got the tail, one's got the trunk, the other's got, you know, the middle bit or whatever. And yeah, so yeah. their understanding of what's true and real is based only on the very limited um, uh, experience there. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I keep that in mind all the time. Um, and for me that means it's not... It's Not possible to see things in black and white for me because I'm always thinking, Well, what have I missed? <laughs> yeah. What am I not seeing? Um, and I think, I guess, what this psalm is saying, uh, Well, we may not have the whole picture, uh, we can't see it all. Um, God has it all, God sees yeah. it, all. and um, and we can trust that. Um, and, and um, yeah, so. I still struggle, obviously. I still like to see and have my perspective as the one. It's my bit of the elephant. <laughs> it's right. My... <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah.
1: Mm. So... I see that a lot in my work with youth, too. It's just, it, it is the way our society promotes it. It's you do you, I'll do me, and what I do for me is right. Um, and it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. Um, yet it's what everybody is pushing and promoting at the moment. And it's, it really struck me because I think the way that our society operates becomes quite contagious, mm. um, even for us in our Christian spheres where we've got that, that external plug-in of Jesus. And when you said that, Matt, about Jesus being on the outside and it's important he's on the outside and plugged in um, and he's not caught up in it all, that, that was really poignant to me because I thought, yeah, we actually do need something that's completely external from our experience to to give us that reality check. Mm. Um, and it's so hard to explain that to people who, who don't have that connection with Jesus and with God and with the things that they teach us. And, yeah, I don't know how you get that across to someone whose whole experience is the society that we now live in where it's all in, it's all inward-focused. It's all about my, my inner journey, um, mm. not about what anybody else is doing. It's becoming rarer and rarer to see people who, who are outward-focused and looking at the people around them and, and living sort of more externally, <laughs> I guess.
2: Mm. Um, and yet what's really interesting is I think people recognise when someone can do that mm. and mm. they respond really positively to it. Um, So, you know, people like Pete, who we are grieving for, um, people responded to him because he cared for them. He looked looked beyond himself. Um, We have examples of, you know, people like Mother Teresa who went out into the street and cared for the people. She actually put herself and her comforts to one side to care and, and so we recognise it in others and we celebrate and we value it. We just don't, we just get lost in ourselves in terms mm-hmm. of being able to do it ourselves
0: sometimes. It's yeah. really, yeah, like I I think with Pete, it was fascinating to the stories, even the fact that he never got to bat because his younger brothers always wanted to be <laughs> the bat, batsman. He was always bowling. Uh, but, but also... I think part of the outpouring of grief for the Queen was she was clearly somebody who put her internal world aside in order to serve a purpose. Like she, mm. she clearly understood her role. And I don't think many people would have known what was going on internally for her. She wasn't trying to be mm. true to her inner world. She knew she had a job to do and, mm. and people trusted that. And it was a bit mm. of a shock like the week after Charles becomes king, he starts swearing about a pen that is broken um, because it wasn't working properly or something. And, it, look, the guy's under incredible stress after the week he'd had. Yeah. You know, just incredible. But it was a shock because we never saw the Queen do anything mm. like that. Mm. You never saw her say, I'm going to be true to myself and let everybody know how frustrated I am at the moment. Mm. or I'm gonna, I don't feel like doing this this week. You know? Mm this thing of yeah. duty of, I, I don't know, there's something about. Yeah, yeah, there's
2: something about greatness, isn't there? Mm. We recognise that the quality of greatness has to do with the capacity to give beyond yourself, mm. to actually put oneself to one side. Um, mm. And I do, and yes, and I think generally we respond to that. I don't, you know. We, I'm using that fairly liberally, maybe some people don't, but my sense is from what I've observed in people in lots of different walks of life, um, there's this, it's almost intuitive, isn't it, to reach out and celebrate that kind of greatness,
1: Mm.
2: that kind of, when we see it happening, hmm.
1: Something that strikes me is like one of the questions you had in the notes, Matt, was what do you base your sense of security on? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one that really struck me because it makes you stop and think, yeah, okay, where do I find my security? What, what makes me feel safe and secure in where I'm at in life? Uh, and these people we're talking about, there's a common theme in that they found their security outside of themselves, it wasn't on things that were fallible. It wasn't on things that are like things can go in an instant. We've we've felt that this just this past month with, with the losses of major people mm. in our lives and in society with floods and um, natural disasters, like in, in an instant, everything is gone. Mm. Um, and all of these people we've been talking about found their security beyond themselves it wasn't Mm. in these things that can pass away and that was a big challenge for me to sort of assess that it's like okay where do I find my my security is it's in my financial stability it's like okay Mm. yeah I've got a buffer I'm going to be okay no matter what happens but that can be gone in an instant Mm. and to really stop and reassess and go okay I've got to be okay with all of this being gone and I've still got to be okay if that happens so how can I be and to really reassess the fact that God is the only one that isn't going to change. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't go anywhere. He can't go anywhere. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's sort of every person needs to stop and really assess that question for mm-hmm. themselves because I'm pretty sure almost every person who looks at that will find that their security is in something that could be gone. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And I, I love to... What you're saying is right. This is what Christianity is. It's about having our security in God uh, and through Jesus. And that Jesus comes and he says, You know, I am the way. Do life like this and, mm. you know, take up your cross. Um, but as we name it like that, we start to go, Ah, oh, that's tough. You know, that I. I need help, I can't do that. It's much, it's much more than a believing an intellectual thing mm. that Jesus died for my sins. It's it's having my security in him. Uh that's that's a big that's a big deal.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: mm. I I I uh I don't know I, I love yeah, and I, I tossed out a whole bunch of things like money, and uh, you can trust your intellect, you can trust your family, you can do all kinds, you can have your trust in all kinds of things. And I, and I, I actually, because with the Bible, one of the first commandments is, "Have no other god before me." Um, I, I think it's really, um, it's so important for us to know what are the what are the gods we tend to go back to, and we wouldn't quickly use the language of gods. Hmm. But, but the most important thing in your life is your God. Like it is, you know, it's, it's what you worship. It's what you give worth to. Yeah. Uh, and if that's not God, that that's that's the problem. That's the that's what this psalm is really getting at. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 saying, uh, no king is saved by the size of his army. It's a, it'd be easy for a king to want to to trust his army. It, no warrior escapes by his great strength. Like you know, you want strong warriors, but a stray bullet takes care of everybody. You know, like a horse is a vain hope of deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. These days, our horses have been replaced by tanks
0: and <laughs> That's right.
2: <nuclear> weapons and <laughs> satellites, and you name it. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and
0: and that and and at a military perspective, you know, people. America found this out in Vietnam, and like just because you have the biggest army doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the war. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there's not a, and that's it's at a military using a military thing, and you know I think Russia is discovering something quite similar at the moment. Uh, But I think what the metaphor David's using here is: gee, it's easy to, you know, trust in something that helps you feel strong, Mm -hmm. but. But ultimately, God is interested in where your heart is, and this is where Jesus said mm-hmm. in Matthew six, "Don't store up treasures on earth, because the the treasures on earth are not going to last, and and they ultimately can't be trusted." Um, this is I, I was reading in my quiet time this morning. It must so must be Psalm something or other, Psalm one hundred. Thirty something, I'm not two. I can't remember. I'll we'll take uh, but, your
2: word for it, Matt.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it says um, the people who make idols, the idols are dumb, like they can't speak or hear, and the people who trust them end up being like their idols. They mm. they end up they end up not being able to speak or hear. They, they end up the idols. You end up taking on the shape of your idols, and and those idols are not going to give you life. I feel like this is the core battle of Christ- this the core spiritual battle of Christianity. And like you're saying, Nick, like mm. I, it's, it's one I fight every day. Like I'm a, I'm a yeah. pastor and I don't have this. I don't, I don't have a point where I go, yeah, I've, I'm not tempted to look to other things apart from Jesus. I, it's a battle I fight every day and I assume... I assume I'm. I'm assuming it's okay for me to admit that as a pastor, and that 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 I'm assuming that it's not. I'm not Robinson Crusoe in that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And how do you
0: guys bounce off this uh, sort of this conversation? Because I think this was kind of the heart the heart of what I was trying to get to. I think.
1: Mm. There was another comment that you made um, during the sermon and that was that our character will change when we submit to Jesus. And just as you were talking there and I was thinking, our yeah. character will change depending on the gods that we put first. Um, like if money is your, your idol, your god, it's the thing that's mm. most important to you, you find that people who really value money most are either workaholics or they're incredibly shrewd because yeah. money matters and so they... They adapt who they are and the way they operate in order to protect that. Um, mm. When your God is something else, if it's assets, yeah. if it's your home, you know, some people it might even be something like their garden, you, your life starts to revolve around that, the way you talk, the, the people you interact with, the things that you get involved with, your, your whole world starts to revolve around that. And I think that's why it becomes so obvious and so clear to people when there's a point of difference in someone like mother Teresa because her world revolved around what she was doing for Jesus and so mm. it becomes it would have changed her too like who knows what she was like as a as a young woman or as a child but it will have it would have she would have evolved into this person that that mm. we know in history because she put God first and that was her priority and Mm. you see that in people in our day-to-day lives too people like Pete like Mm. he was someone different when he was young Um, and Mm. as he submitted to Jesus and put Jesus first that would have formed him into a different person as well and I think it's quite quite the challenge to put out there and go okay so so what is your character who is your God what is your God Um, and how how can you recognise the changes? Like have a look at yourself and think, okay, am I actually changing because of what I'm putting first? And is it headed in the right direction or the wrong direction?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Like I, I, actually, by the way, I found it Psalm 135 and it says in verse 18 about the idols, those who make them will be like them and hmm. so will all who trust in them. So like you are saying, if, if, if money is your idol, it'll, it will shape your character. In an unhealthy way, if family is your idol, it'll shape your character in an unhealthy way, and you'll you'll be too clingy, and your kids will have to push against you in order to, you know, become individuals. If if whatever it is, if you pick your poison, um, it's only Jesus. If being he he as your external point of reference, he'll lead you to life, mm. and this is the. I think this is know, the, Yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say too the other thing, you know, we've been talking about money and stuff, but the one of the things that struck me about this, um, you know, when it was referencing forces and strength and um that kind of thing is um the army. It's about coercive power, it's about controlling power. And much of our world revolves around who's in charge, who's Who's got who can who can press the buttons on who does what, who gets what? Yeah. Um, and we see a lot of jostling, you know, at work and, and and not ambition's a great thing, but it's it can be about when you get into a higher position, you get into the position where you make decisions that impact other people. Um yeah. you actually get the one you're the one who gets to have the say. So status as well as money, um and the capacity to manipulate and be in charge can also be something that people go after, and we all do it to some extent because we all like to be in control. Well, no, maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But um, there is a sense in, and I think one of the things about this this psalm is um, you see it contrast with, and, and we talk about God's power, but it's not the same kind of power, and we get that sometimes. Um, it's about unfailing love. That's where his power lies. That's the heart of God. Mm. It's the heart of what put Christ on the cross. It's yeah. it's the power of love. It's the power of faithfulness. It's the power of um, of protection and and um, for people and covering for people. It's and the other thing about that too is you know we. Um, we see life in terms of our 70, 80, 90 years, if we're lucky, sometimes a 100, um, and then we're gone. And yeah. um, it's really a flash in the pan. And I yeah. love how it says here, the Lord, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Yeah. It's yeah. through time. It's through every single generation there is this unfailing love mercy and grace Mm. and faithfulness that's what Mm. he's called and and that's and when we um put our eyes on him that's we're putting our eyes onto so that shaping of character that shaping of who we become becomes yeah as you say nick we get we get shaped by those qualities of love and faithfulness, grace mm. and mercy, um, which is a big contrast. And, and I know we're sort of getting toward the end, and I hope you don't mind if I'm going to just say one other thing. I went to a, re- a women's retreat on one occasion, and they were using anchors as, um, as a, a kind of visual theme for the, the retreat um, and, and that God is our anchor. And it's like when you think about an anchor, it's on a chain um, and it's attached to a boat mm-hmm. and it's a big enough, it's a long enough chain and it's a strong enough chain that no matter how far up and down the water goes, um, that, um, that anchor stays firm if it's, you know, on bedrock or sort of gets caught on rock. You know, on sand it will drag. But um, what I loved about that, and at the time when I was thinking about that at the retreat, I was thinking, I read something about hope and waiting on the Lord, and this this psalm talks about waiting on the Lord, and it talked about being that waiting on the Lord is about being entwined with yeah. the Lord. Um, it's kind of like you you're really kind of locked in. And when I look, think about an anchor and chain, it's about chains that are yeah. interlocked, um, and so we're kind of entwined. It's an entwining. That connects us. That help keeps us steady when things move up and down, and there's storms and all of that kind of thing. And that that's God's faithfulness. It's God's unfailing love that holds us steady. And we're when we hope in Him, when we wait on Him, we entwine ourselves yeah. with His faithfulness. Um, and I just thought of that picture and of the anchor and the chain that holds us when. This, this is on. <laughs> when I, when we was on when we were thinking about that today. So I just wanted to share that. That's
0: beautiful. And, and I, I love, I think it's just what Nick was saying and what you were saying just reminds me, um, and I think this is what this psalm is trying to say, that you can, you can have your attention on where your security is and you can be thinking, oh, I've got to let go of that, I've got to let go of that, and it feels too hard. But when you look at who Jesus is and who God is and this God of love who's got you, it's a lot easier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If, you, if your life is actually entwined with him, it's a lot easier to let go of the stuff that you're seeking to put security in. It mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean it's always easy, but but, it, it's a, <laughs> but, but that's the tension, I think. This is the, and the, this is the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into truth and away from the lies. Mm-hmm. So, and in a minute I might get you to pray for the people who are uh, watching or listening as we as we process all this, but I, I don't know, do you guys have anything you're, you're left with from this conversation that, as we begin to reel it in?
1: I think the final thing that just popped into my head as you guys were talking then um, was like you can kind of work out what you've got your hope in by what you're most afraid to lose. Mm. So if you think about it in the opposite and you go what am I most afraid to lose that's probably where you're putting yeah. most of your hope.
2: Yeah, that's a really good but way of thinking about it. Yeah.
1: Then thinking of it on the flip side you can you're never going to lose God. He's yeah. he's mm. the only constant. And so yeah. when we can take our focus off the things they really are things, family, money, whatever else yeah. it is for you. If you can refocus completely on God, He's never going to be losable. <laughs> yeah. Like He's not going anywhere. So once you can actually refocus and center yourself on that, you're gonna. You're not gonna have the fear of losing things. You're not gonna have that. You know that uncertainty, because He is hope, and He's really the only thing that's unchangeable. So. It's not mm. something that's easy to do in practice, <laughs> but I think it's something that we can all challenge ourselves to do more of um, and yeah. we'll find more and more security the more
0: mm. we're able to do it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's mm. mm-hmm.
0: good. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that's probably a good place to land it, Um yeah. and, and yeah. I wonder Andy, do you mind praying for people? I just I feel like I'm wanting to land these podcasts more with praying for people at the end of it because i know we're we're talking about pretty real stuff. this is challenging mm. yeah. and it's life giving like if we if you can hang on to Jesus, the whole of your life makes a lot more sense and it's a lot easier and better, and you're going to have a better life but it's it's also pretty confronting mm. as we have these kind of conversations. so okay. do you mind you in prayer. <laughs> Um, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit,
2: I thank you that you are bigger than we are, um, and that matters, and I thank you that, um, you're faithful, you're faithful, um, through the generations, you're faithful to us, and your love, um, is, is unchanging and unfailing, and I pray for each person who has been listening today and for what has sat um, in them, in their minds, caught in their, mm. their emotions and their hearts. Lord, Holy Spirit, will you um, help them to understand what, what that is all about and give them the courage to be honest about that, mm. where they mm. may feel challenged, with. Lord, for those who are really struggling with circumstances at the moment and, um, you know, looking and it's hard to look past the circumstance, it's hard to look past the struggle. may this time have been a reminder of your faithfulness, Mm. that in spite of what's happening, you are there with them and you watch over them and you carry them and um, I trust that they can renew their hope in you and and entwine themselves with you and know that you've got them, yeah. that no matter what's happening, no matter what will happen, you've got them.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, you care for them and you love them and you are faithful. Yeah. And um, when they're connected with you, they can survive, not more than survive, be joyful. Yep. even in yep. the tough times. And, Lord, will you show each one of us what it means to discover joy, which isn't yep. happy happy, but it's that, that strength and that peace that comes from knowing that we're not on our own.
0: Yeah.
2: We're not on our own. Yep. So, Lord, um, help us to learn a new song. Help us yep. to learn the songs and to sing the songs of praise and thankfulness to you, because you hold us and we can be entwined to you with mm. you now and ongoing. Yep. And, uh, amen. Amen.
0: amen. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see people. Well, I won't. Be, I'm way on two weeks' holiday now, but. Mm-hmm. We'll enjoy. Next week, uh, debriefing uh, Paul from Baptist World Aid will be our speaker this coming weekend.
2: Ah, yes. Great. Right.